Hey, good morning, Journey. Happy Mother's Day to our moms and grandmas out there. Happy Sunday to everyone else. Thank you for joining us for another Sunday of church. We are honored that you would be a part uh, of our church on this Sunday, and we're so glad to, uh, to be with you today. If you weren't a part of our services last week, we announced last week that our church will continue meeting online only through the month of May, uh, even as the state begins to open a little bit, even as communities begin to open a little bit. We looked at the social distancing requirements that were mandated at this time, and we just didn't believe those would allow our church to be together, even though those would allow some people in our church in very, very small groups to come together, staying six feet apart, we didn't think that would allow our church to be together. And we made a decision as an elder team, uh, as a ministry team, that until we could really be together, having church for the reasons that we did church, we were going to continue to meet online. You say, Christian, what's the difference between coming together and being together? That is a great question, and it's one that's going to take a few weeks to answer. So I'm going to try to answer that question biblically for you. But it's going to take three weeks. Next Sunday, we're starting a three-week series called One Another. And this series is going to be all about the biblical commands of what Christian community looks like. Did you know that the phrase one another is used 100 times in the New Testament? It's in 94 different verses, and 59 of those are actually commands. Serve one another, love one another, comfort one another, pray for one another greet one another. Um, as we looked at those one another's, we said, man, the world of social distancing might allow us to be in the same room, but it doesn't allow us to have the biblical one another that we want to have. So the next three weeks, we're going to look at those one another commands. We're going to look at what it looks like, not just to come together, but to be together for church. And I think at the end of those three weeks, you're going to feel better about being at church than you've ever felt before. You're going to know the purpose of it. And somebody asked me this week, man, Christian, at the end of this, do you think we even need to come back to church? I love doing church in my pajamas with my family, with my pets, with my coffee. Um, it's actually a better Sunday morning. Those 59 one another commands are really best practiced in person. So yes, it's really important to come back together. And we're hoping in June, even on a small scale, to begin to get some people in the building, get some great ideas. On Sunday, May 24th, we'll give our announcement for what we're going to be doing in the month of June. Next week, we kick off a brand new series, One Another. If you have your Bible today, I want you to turn to Psalm 145. We're only going to read one verse today, but Psalm 145 is where we're going to hang out. Uh, We hung out in the Psalms all month in April uh, at our church with daily readings in the Psalms. We will hang out in the Psalms all summer at our church starting Sunday, June 7. Uh, all of June, all of July, most of August, we're in a series called Summer in the Psalms. We're actually going to look at the Psalms every week. It's going to be a phenomenal series. I think you're going to love it. Uh, while you're turning to Psalm 145 in your Bible, um, let me thank those of you who have continued to give. One of the things that's allowed our church to to continue to be extremely responsible in this season is the giving of our people. We said the first Sunday that we didn't have church that that we really thought we needed three things to continue to do really good ministry. One, if you go to our church and you give and you're still being paid, we ask people, please give. Uh, And we showed them three ways to give online when they couldn't be in the building and where to mail a check if they were most comfortable doing that. We also said we think it's going to be important at this time if you go to our church and you don't give, but you've started being paid, um, we, we're going to ask you to start giving in this season. We think we're going to need that 
because we have a third group of people in our church, those who go to our church who normally give, but they're not being paid right now. We don't want them to give. We want them to let us know what they need. We've had requests begin to filter in every week, and it's been our great joy every week to begin to be able to serve the families in our church with the way you are giving. So thank you, thank you, thank you for the way that you're giving. Continue to give strong, and we will continue to minister strong. We thought the best way to minister to moms today on Mother's Day, the best way to care for moms on Mother's Day was to remind moms to care for themselves. We actually thought, what, what could be a huge win for us on Mother's Day? And we thought, if we can remind moms to care for themselves on Mother's Day so that they have some energy to care for others, that would be a win not just for moms, but for everyone that moms lead. That's why the title of our Bible study today is Caring for Me So That I Can Care for You. Caring for me so that I can care for you. If you're a mom, if you're a dad, if you're a grandparent, if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, uh, if you're a business owner, if you're a manager at work, if you have anyone that you lead and want to impact, you have to learn to care for yourself so you have some margin to care for others, which is why we've got two goals today as a church as we get ready to dig into this message. Here are the things that we're hoping to accomplish today. Number one, to evaluate the levels of our spiritual, emotional, and mental health. How you doing? Just take a little bit of an assessment of how you doing. I meet with my pastor coach, Jimmy Dodd, um, every other week, uh, and I send him a sheet before we meet most weeks. And the last three things on that sheet are, are a few, a few f- fuel gauges, if you can picture a fuel gauge on the dashboard of your car, um, for physical health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. And where, where am I? Am I empty? Am I full? Most weeks, I'm, you know, I try to stay between a half a tank and, and full. A couple weeks ago, I, I met with Jimmy and a couple of my tanks were nearing empty. And he said, okay, this is a danger sign. You got to stop. And fill back up. You got to care for you if you want to keep caring for others. And we want to evaluate that today so that goal number two can be accomplished. So we can learn how to live. So we can learn how to love. So we can learn how to lead. So we can learn how to pour into others out of the overflow of our health. Those are really our two big goals today. Um, and as we get ready to jump into some, Psalm 145, uh, I'm joined today um, by my wife, Danielle. Danielle, it's so good to have you here today. As I, um, Man, as I sit in this chair, I'm wondering why I don't preach like this every Sunday. This is so much more comfortable, more comfortable. Um, than, than what I normally do. I'm going to pledge to you today. Uh, really, this is the heart of today's message has really come from you as we begin to figure out how can we minister well to moms and other people in our church today. This is really what you felt God had laid on your heart. I'm going to ask you why, but before I have you answer that question, I'm going to pledge to you that I'm going to pay attention. Because a few weeks ago, Danielle and I um, did a Facebook Live prayer service, but but the window was open right behind my computer, and I could see people walking on the path, biking on the path. I could see my dog in the backyard. I could see birds flying around. And at one point, Danielle said something deeply meaningful and asked me what I thought about it, and I had to look at her and say, I, I, like I wasn't paying attention um, to anything to you were saying. Life, so I'm paying attention today. We're paying attention today. Uh, before we dig into Psalm 145, um, why, why the focus on spiritual, emotional, mental health, making sure you're caring for yourself so you can care for others? Yeah, I think um, for me, this has been so important in my life, especially the last probably 10 years. And I think it's important for all of us because it's the most important, but often the most unseen part of who we are. Um, you know, for us to be the mothers that we need to be really, but the leaders, the dads, the, the bosses, like you were saying, for every part of our life, 
um, to be what it needs to be, we have to learn to look inside first and to care for our heart and our soul because everything from our life really stems outside of that, even though I can meet you, but never see that right. when I meet you face to face. Um, and when I was thinking about this this week, I was actually thinking it reminded me of a story from when I was in high school. Because when I was in high school, I was not what you would call the uh, athletic type. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. I mean, just personally. Our kids did not get that gene from me. Um, <laughs> but I was more musical. But I always wanted to be really involved in my school. Inside a friend who invited me to join the cheerleading squad. But I'd never done it before in my life. We spent so many nights out on my driveway um, where she was teaching me the cheers and all this stuff. And and I tried out and actually made it. And it turns out I'm a pretty good cheerleader. And so I try out again the next year. But right before tryouts, because it was kind of intense, you had to try out every year, I found out that I had mono. And I was just kind of going about my regular life. But I started to feel so drained all the time, so just depleted. I would, like, do one thing and then have to sit down be like, am I dying? I'm only, like, 16 years old. And so I went to the doctor, and he told me, he said, you have mono. And he said, there's, there's no medicine for it. Um, you just have to rest and let your body heal. So I went to cheerleading trouts and I wasn't allowed to do any jumping, any tumbling. Just kidding. I don't tumble. <laughs> and, <laughs> but I wasn't allowed to do anything that could jar my body because one of the side effects of mono is that your spleen swells. And yep. if you get in any kind of accident or yep. have a fall, which we all know I tend to do quite a bit, yep. um, that you could actually burst your spleen and it could be life threatening. Yep. And as I, I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking, man, I went to pra- to the tryouts. The judges, if they would have looked at me from the outside, they would have just seen a perfectly healthy, um, teenage girl. But the truth was that inside I was filled with things that were sucking the life out of me and that potentially could have killed me. And so many of us are walking around like that in our everyday life. We, we look perfectly normal from the outside, but people don't know the things we're struggling with so much on the inside that's keeping us be- from being the healthiest version of ourself. So, so that's our goal today. Um, and we always start before we dig into scripture, we always pray. So we want to pray for you today. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas, um, teenagers, uh, man, our kids in middle school and high school. We want to pray for you and we want to pray for Danielle. Um, because mono is the kissing disease. Um, and, I and, knew you were going to say that. And we today. did not know each other when she was in high school. I was under the impression that she had never kissed anyone till me. So pray for her because we'll, we'll thing, talk about that later. But uh, I'm learning new things all the time. Hey, let's pray real quick. God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. Uh, and God, I just pray in this time together that you would minister to the hearts of people who have exhausted themselves ministering to others. As a matter of fact, if you're praying with me right now, uh, wherever you are, take a deep breath. Just right where you are, just take a deep breath. And ask God, just pray this prayer from your heart to heaven. Ask God to fill you today so that you can keep pouring out your life. It's two very specific prayers. That God would fill you, but that he would help you to keep pouring out your life. God, that's our prayer today. We pray that you would fill us Teach us to learn how to fill up so we can keep pouring out our life. That's our prayer. 
We pray you'd help us with that today. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen and amen. We're in Psalm chapter 145, verse 4. I'm actually going to read out of the New King James Version today. I don't normally do that, but for those of you who are kind of Bible study nerds like me, my very favorite translation in the world in the English language to do a verse-by-verse, word-by-word study is the New King James Version. It is. It seems to be the closest to the original Hebrew and Greek. And in Psalm 145, 4, just one verse today, here's what we read. It says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it again, maybe underline it if you have a pen out. It says, one generation shall praise your works to another generation and shall declare your mighty acts. Did you know that today the way you're living your life, if you call yourself a Christian, is declaring to the generation behind you that's watching what Christianity really is? If that's true, two key questions today. Is your life declaring what's true about God and the life he's called you to live and the life he's poured into you? And number two, um, do you practice what you preach? Do you preach that Jesus has a whole lot more for people than he has seemed to have for you? Do you preach that Jesus wants to give people way more than you have seemed to receive? Those are kind of the questions we want to dig into as we try to learn how to care for me so I can care for others, how to care for yourself so you can care for others. We find that there's really two key lessons that we need to learn to learn how to keep ourselves full and then to learn how to pour out um, to others. You know, Abraham Lincoln, we've got a great quote for him, said, there's but one way to train up a child um, in the way he should go, and that's to travel with yourself. And what we're going to ask you to do, moms, very specifically grandmas, but dads, coaches, teachers, bosses, managers, um, you say, man, if there's a way I want people to go, you gotta, you got to live that way yourself first. And we think today's message can help you evaluate how you're doing in that and then get you to a place where you can do that and just the natural outflow of your life helps minister to other people. Two key lessons that we're going to learn today. Um, Danielle, what is the first? Yeah, so the first lesson is that we have to learn to examine. So examine yourself, examine ourselves. And um, there's a beautiful verse that goes with this. Second Corinthians thirteen five says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith and to test yourself. Uh, each of us needs a process of sitting down from time to time and just examining ourselves, examining our heart. Um, you know, it's interesting because this week in preparation for today, I thought I would just reach out to some of my Instagram friends, mm-hmm. my Facebook friends, and ask them a few questions really about motherhood specifically in this season. And when I asked the ladies, hey, what has been hard about motherhood in this season? It was fascinating because so many of the answers were exactly the same. And they, they what they said was was this, they said, no time alone. I just feel like I have shadows following me all the time and it's not my own shadow. Um, They talked about having so much mom guilt. Am I doing enough? It's crazy the pressure that we put on ourselves as moms. They talked about pressure to be everything to everyone in their house at all times. Um, They talked about the pressure of being a teacher overnight and the lack of reinforcements and help that they had. And all of this just combined for me when I heard it to kind one word in my mind is just exhaustion. People are exhausted. And the truth of this is that you can't lead well out of a place of emptiness. You can't lead out of a place of emptiness. So we might want to ask ourselves today, how do we lead out of a place of health in our life? And this is something that I think you and I have really been diving into as a couple lately. Trying to. And it's so helpful to do this together. And we're not perfect at it. We're still learning. But I think the first thing that we've really learned is to be attentive to your heart. 
you have to take some time in your life to be intentional about being attentive to your heart. Proverbs 90.12 says this, Teach us to number our days that we might gain a heart of wisdom. And I love that verse, but I think I like how the Amplified Bible says it even better because it says this. It says that we may cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. And there's been a lot of cultivating going on in our neighborhood lately. Like I'm sure there has been going on in yours. People are planting things and redoing things. fences, trees, everything. Um, But I'm reminded the healthiest plants, the healthiest flowers are those that have been cultivated very intentionally by those who are planting them. And our heart is the same way. We have to take time to be intentional to cultivate our heart and our soul. Um, you know, this um, season for me has reminded me that often what's inside of me is displayed on the outside. And sometimes that can be good things, and sometimes that can be not so good of things. And, you know, in my life this season, um, I'm sure for all of us, has triggered some things in me. And I think the thing that I'm not, I don't know I could say enjoying, but I think I will enjoy in the future when I look back, is it's triggering some things in me and bringing some things in me to the surface that I think God wants to bring to my attention. And there, there's some weaknesses that I have um, that he wants to reveal. And some of them aren't weaknesses. They're, they're just my human emotions. Um, for me, you know, we were basically on vacation when this whole thing broke out, like two days into Trying our to vacation, be. <laughs> yep. which is a really special time yep. for our family. And we had to rush home. And just the way we packed quickly and left and everyone in the airplane was acting so weird. Um, just the whole thing felt like apocalyptic. And Casey and I joked at the time, we called it our coronation <laughs> that we were coming home from, um, my daughter Casey. But, you know, we came home and as the weeks went by and we realized this was not going away, it was actually probably going to continue to spiral into something bigger. Um, just the stress I was feeling, the anxiety I've I've really struggled with anxiety off and on for for a series of years now. Um, I started to feel those things just rising up in me. Um, all the ways this was affecting our family, the ways it was affecting my kids. You know, I have a senior son. And when I started to realize all the things that he was going to potentially miss his senior year, I was so heartbroken. I was so sad for him. I was sad for for us. Um, you've kind of mentioned before, but losing that senior baseball season and um, just the, the special things that go with your senior year, potentially maybe not having him graduate or walk across the stage. I had to start to process all those things because what they were doing inside of me, um, if left alone without being intentional about it, it was bringing some things to the outside of me that wasn't very pleasant. And let's just be honest, any moms who've been stuck at home with their kids for a certain amount of time um, are probably feeling the same way. Um, I remember when Casey was little once, one summer when she was a little girl, um, I just felt like I'd heard the word mommy about two million times. And I remember telling her, Casey, if you say mommy one more time. (laughs) Um, But when I started to recognize that about me, that gosh, there's some things coming out of me. I need to get away for a little bit and take some time in my little special place in the house to just spend some time being attentive to my heart. Yeah. Um, 
So I think we all need to do this more in our life. And so we've provided a tool for you today, actually, that we're going to really encourage you. And it's for moms, but it's honestly for anyone to take some time to do a little heart homework tonight. So we've provided a webpage on our site at takethejourney.cc slash tools where you can go and download what we're calling a heart inventory. And we're going to encourage you today, take 15 minutes to get alone and just spend some time looking at the condition of your heart and your soul and asking what God might want to do inside of you in this season. Yeah. And I, folks, I would say that's so, so crucial, um, to be attentive to your heart. And, and if you, like, if you think about when you go to the doctor, you rarely go to your do- doctor that they don't check your blood pressure and, and check your heart in some way. And what, do, what do they do when they need to check your heart? What do they do? What do they do when they need, what do they tell you to do so they can check your heart? This isn't in your notes. It's not a trick question. <laughs> Since Danielle hasn't been to the doctor recently. Here's what they do for guys anyway. I've never been in a girl's doctor's appointment. They put the, the cold little thing on here, and then they say, take a deep breath. They can't even check your heart until you slow down. And you say, I, like, I want to be attentive to my heart in this season. You got to slow down. I'll, I, I remember that flight from Phoenix. There was a lady, like, on the, in, in the row behind us, literally, who thought she was scrubbing in for surgery. She must have been so afraid of getting sick. And the smell of the stuff What's she was using. What's funny is we thought that was weird back then, and now that's oh, just our everyday man. life. I was like, "Listen, Florence Nightingale, like, put it, put it away. You're going to kill us all. That is not to be used in close quarters." It was, yeah. yeah it, I mean, yeah. it was just crazy, and that was like eight weeks ago, and here we are, and it's still going on. So, um, listen, if you're if you're a dad, you need to tell your wife, "Listen, give me the kids for an hour." And I know. Um, there are a lot of kids out there who aren't saying mommy. They're saying dad, 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 dad. I mean, it's, it's big brothers, it's big sisters, it's grandma, grandpa. It's, um, those of you who are caretakers for, for folks, like we get it. It's everyone. But specifically, since it's Mother's Day, um, dads, give your, give your wife an hour. Tell her, go take an hour. Just go, go get a cup of hot tea, get a cup of coffee. Um, you know, get an iced tea, go sit outside in the sun or in a quiet place in the house. Um, and, and just, do a heart check. See how your heart is. See where your levels are because it's going to be so important for you to stay full so you can continue to pour out. Probably even more than that, um, you and some of our staff ladies are starting a ladies' Bible study coming out of this message called, um, is it the spirit, emotionally healthy spirituality? Emotionally the emotionally healthy, healthy woman. woman yeah. yeah, the emotionally healthy woman. Um, ladies, I think probably like every lady in our church, if you can, should try to make time to be in this. Attached to that website, takethejourney.cc backslash tools, you'll be able to read how to be a part of this. But talk about why, why just being able to study and learn emotional health is so important to be able to, to keep your heart full. Yeah. Well, I know all I can really speak to is what's happened in my own life. Um, it's changed me so yeah. much. And not only is it changing me, but I think as parents, we have to recognize when something truly changes us, that means it changes the generations after us. And listen, so many of us today are living and walking in habits that we picked up from the generation before us. And they're not necessarily healthy habits. Some families have some great, some great things they do that have been passed down. But a lot of us have unhealthy things that have been passed down. And so it's so important to stop and to take time to say, you know, who do I want to be for that next generation? And I think this is something I really appreciate about you. I feel like every time you preach a message, you know that there's only so much that can happen in this short time here. So every time we do something at Journey, we're thinking, 
thinking, hey, what can we do beyond today that will actually really take these truths and soak them into your heart, soak them into your soul and create lasting life change. And so all the information you need to be a part of that study is on that website. And it's going to be Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. We're going to read through a fantastic book that several women's groups in our church have done and all have said, yes, you have to do that. And it's going to be online, right? Yes. So moms, I would encourage you, ladies, all the ladies in our church, I would encourage you try to be a part of this as you can because Danielle's right. I mean, Sunday Sunday morning messages are, are a bite-sized portion of a, of a full spiritual meal that you need. Um, so we want to learn how to examine ourselves. Let us give you just a few practical tools as we move into lesson number two today. Uh, lesson number one is examine yourself. Lesson number two is learn how to live, learn how to love out of the overflow of your health. Say, how do I do that? Let us try to give you a, a few ways to do that. How do you live from the overflow? Daniel, two ways that we're going to recommend today. How do you live, if you can... Fill up, how do you stay full to where you live your life out of the overflow? Well, first of all, I think you have to actually know your bucket fillers, and then you have to fill up regularly. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think about the biblical example of Elijah in First Kings 19. He had just had a really intense season of pouring out and of ministry, and he was exhausted, and so he just ran. Yeah. <laughs> now, that's not an option for a lot of us in our homes right now. We can't run away, but he did. He ran, and it said that an angel came I've to been minister. Trying. They won't let me in any <laughs> place. So, yeah, I, He's like a caged animal. Yeah, he needs to get out. Not good. Um, but it said that the angel who came to minister to Elijah ministered to him in two specific ways. He said, take a nap and here's the meal. And all the mothers said, amen. (laughs) Who's going (laughs) to provide me with a meal that I don't have to cook and tell me to take a nap. Um, But that was what he needed in that time to fill up his bucket. And so I love what Jerry Scazzaro says. She says, a healthy spiritual life is a careful balance of serving other people's needs and also valuing your own needs and desires. And that's probably something in the Christian culture that we haven't done well with historically. Your own needs and desires are actually very valid and they're not wrong for you to have those. Um, So I think the point we go back to again is you just can't run your race well when you're running it on empty. So you have to refill, but you also have to know what refills you. And I think I'm shocked when I talk to so many ladies that they don't know what fills them because they're so busy focusing on other people all the time. They know what refills their kids. They know what refills their husbands. And it was the same way for me when I first sat down to really evaluate this. I think it took me a week to really think about what do I like? Yeah. What do I enjoy? Because my whole life had been wrapped up in you guys for, for a season, a long season. and You can say it, mostly me. Yeah, <laughs> to, most, to, it's my, my fault, but we're slowly getting I have up. watched a lot of ESPN <laughs> through the years, and I'm not sure if that fills me or if I was just brainwashed. I pay to for think her counseling, so it's, it's, uh, it's working out well in the second season of our marriage. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I had to sit down and evaluate you know, what is it that fills me? And for me, I found out that I I didn't know this until I really thought about, but I love being outdoors. If I can be outdoors, um, in a pretty setting somewhere, Mm -hmm. um, even just my backyard when Mm -hmm. the trees are growing and flowers like that is like a breath of air to my soul. Um, I love reading when I don't have to, um, when it's just for fun. I love actually 
baking when I'm not in a hurry because I get to create something just with my hands and listen to music while I do it. Um, so I, I had to learn those things about myself so that I could see when my tank is getting empty, mm-hmm. here's how I'm going to fill it up. So I want to ask you today, like when is the last time that you've sit, sat down to ask yourself, what is it that fills me? And I actually think this is a great experience to do as a couple together because I think it's really important for me to know what fills myself up, but also to know what fills you because we can have some accountability with each other and we see those tanks getting low to say, hey, maybe you should go play golf today. Or, hey, do you want to just take a nap right now? (laughs) Um, You like the Snickers commercial, Uh, you're not yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I think it's really important as couples to know that together. Um, And just to ask yourself, what do I do just for the sheer enjoyment of it? That is such a valuable question to ask yourself. Um, and it was interesting when I asked moms in the same question that I had on social media, what's been good about this season? Um, here's what we heard. Quality time together. Just no schedule. Not, not being a slave to our schedule. Riding bikes together. Going on walks. The way my kids have become friends together because they actually see yeah. each other. Um, they talked about time spent with their spouse. They talked about realizing that I don't actually need all this stuff in life. Like I don't have to make 10 trips to TJ Maxx a week to be, or Target, to be happy in life. And, you know, it's sad but true for all of us. But should it really take a pandemic for us to get that kind of perspective on life. And yet you and I have found ourselves in the same place with new perspective through this season. And so I want to ask you, like, what are you going to take out of this season? You know, one day life will return to normal, we hope and we pray. Um, what do you need to take out of this season to take with you that are things that fill up your bucket and your family's bucket and keep you full? So today I just want to give permission to some of the moms. Moms, I want to tell you it is okay for you to take care of yourself. And more than that, I just want to tell you that actually that's what God expects you to do because the only person responsible for your health and your growth as a person is you. Your husband is not responsible. Your kids aren't responsible for your happiness and your growth. You are responsible for your health and your happiness. And you need to figure out what it is that fills you so that you can continue to be a good ministry to other people. And then I also want to say this, that it's okay to ask for help. And I want to talk about that in this season because I know there are people watching today like, this is all great, but hello, like my kids are with me 24-7. Uh, you might not need to learn how to voice, not make assumptions that your husband should know how to take care of you or um, that your family or your friends should know when you need something. But it's actually okay to say, hey, I think I would be a lot better wife if I could have 30 minutes to myself yeah. every day or to come up with creative ways in this season. Maybe there's a group of moms that you could kind of covenant together to share time, outdoor social distancing play dates to get a little time by yourself. It's okay to ask for help. And I think it's really important to do that. So I've learned to hate the phrase social distancing. I mean, I just thought, as you said it, I just, I I thought, you know what, in 2021, I think we should ban that word from the vocabulary and make it a part of the hate speech lexicon. Cause I, so I, I just, I, I'm, I'm kind of over um, that word. Let me say this. Some of you say, I, I do the things I love to do. I still always feel empty. Why is that? You have holes in your bucket. Some of you are constantly filling your bucket, but it's not getting full. The, um, that emotionally healthy woman, ladies, for the, that, like that, that Bible study that y'all are going to do 
is, is going to teach you how to patch all the holes in your bucket, all the holes from your past, all the holes that you have emotionally, so that as you begin to fill up, not only does your bucket get full, but you begin to really minister out of the overflow. So you, you got to fill up, um, you got to fill up your bucket. One of the things that fills up my bucket, uh, my, my bucket, my bucket, um, is, is traveling. Um, I love to travel because I didn't really learn until the last 10 years um, that, that when you're a pastor in a community, um, pastoring a church is, is, is not a job, it's a calling, but it's not a position, it's an office. And it's, it's an office that you carry with you. And when I'm in Kansas City, I, I, am, I am the pastor of this church, whether I'm at a restaurant, uh, whether I'm on a golf course, uh, whether we're walking on a trail. Uh, one of my first roles, as long as I'm in Kansas City, is, is to be a pastor to anyone that I interact with. And often everywhere we go, we're, we're running into people and I often will find myself pastoring on, on walks and bike rides uh, and on the golf course. So the only time that, that I can not be a pastor first is, is when I'm out of town. So I, we love to travel. Um, when I'm walking around in the mountains of Colorado, I'm, I'm not worried about or thinking about um, or pouring energy into pastoring um, people around me. I love to do it. It is the greatest calling in the world. But again, if, if I'm empty, I can't do that well. So I, I love to travel. Uh, a couple years ago, we got a chance to go to Glacier National Park in uh, Montana. It was unbelievable. The second way that we're going to talk about how to live out of overflow is strengthening the roots in your life, right? Like, so, so God has given all of us some of this, some of this spiritual DNA, the imago Dei, the image of God um, in us that makes us strong, that makes us who God created us to be. Um, when we were in Whitefish, we were on a trail that had, uh, I mean, just beautiful, beautiful scenery, but it had some fallen trees that had root systems that were incredible. As we walk by one, you took a picture because you said, someday I'm going to use that to teach a spiritual lesson. I want you all to look at this picture of Danielle standing in front of this tree that's tipped over with the roots um, kind of around her. Talk, talk about how we can strengthen our roots, the, the DNA of God in us so that we can live out of the overflow. Yeah, when I saw those trees, I did a little research. They say that some of those cedars can be 500 years old. And when I saw the roots, when the trees had fallen over for whatever reason, I mean, I'm teeny. I'm like an ant next to this huge root system. When I saw it, I thought, gosh, that is a perfect illustration of the spiritual roots, the healthy spiritual roots that we plant in our life. And when we plant them, we can grow and be strong um, like these giant cedars and we can have longevity in the race that God is asking us to run. So the spiritual roots in our life that we've been seeking to establish is first of all the spiritual root of prayer. And as a church, I think it's awesome that we can now say that we are growing into a praying church. Um, you know, prayer often for people seems confusing, like how do I do that or do I have to do it perfectly? But prayer is really two things. Prayer is first of all just me talking to God and I love that we can talk to God just like he's a friend of ours just like a father that's why I love David in the Psalms he just talks so just transparently with God about things going on in his life but Psalm 62 8 says trust in him at all times you people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge it's okay to pour out your heart to God but secondly I also think this is an important part of prayer we miss prayer sometimes looks like me sitting quietly before the Lord and God talking to me yeah. Wayne Cordero says this the highest form of prayer 
is not you talking to God, but it's him talking to you. And there's so many moments I know, like I think Journey Church International is a result of one of those times of prayer in your life where God just breathed into you. I have a dream for you. I have a vision for you. And each of us needs to have time in our life of just silence and solitude where God can speak to our heart, where he can minister to us, where he can share with us things that could have life-changing impact on us. And I think the healthiest example of this when we look in the Bible is Jesus. And I want to say that today, some of you might be watching and all of this advice is great, but it means nothing in your life if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. And Jesus is such a great example because we know that even though Jesus, sorry, even though Jesus was God himself, you see in Luke fifteen sixteen, it tells us that he often withdrew to pray. So the fact that God came down in human form through Jesus, he's God, he's all powerful. He was still in this human form where he knew that he had to withdraw to pray, to put down roots that would feed and nourish his soul. And Jesus did this so well. And I think Jesus can identify with quarantine you because... He was always around people. He was always pouring out. He was always giving. But at the end of the day or early in the morning, he knew he had to get away so that he could refuel. And I think that's such a beautiful picture for us today to remember. We need to be more like Jesus in this way. But secondly, we have the spiritual word, a root of God's word. And this for me has probably been the most life-changing thing in my life. Um, in the history of just my faith walk. I can't tell you, um, if I could say anything to you today, it would be learn to love and to know and to nurture and to memorize God's word in your life because there is nothing like it for transforming you, for convicting you, for changing you, for encouraging you, for filling you up, for giving you something that you can have that you can offer to someone else. And I know for you, God's word is also very important in your life and you're hoping it's going to be something that's important in the life of people in our church. Yeah, one of the ways we think we're going to get through this quarantine season well, this recipe to rest and and to come out well on the other side is to do what Danielle said. You know, one, to find Jesus every day, but to do it through the Word of God. Right, to look Jesus in the eye, but to do it through the Word of God. So we're in this season of what we're calling a Pentecost challenge. Um, 50 days between Passover and Pentecost in the Old Testament. Uh, seven Sundays, 49 days plus one between Easter Sunday um, and and Pentecost Sunday, May 31st in 2020. We're asking people every day to every day to read, Monday through Friday, one chapter of Scripture, Saturdays and Sundays two, and then to ask themselves two questions. Um, one, how do I see Jesus? What do I see about Jesus and His church? As I read through these texts, um, and then two, how does that make me want to worship him? And if you say, man, I don't really know how to study the Bible well, I would love to be able to learn how to see Jesus in Scripture. Uh, every day, one of our ministry team, through the month of May, at noon, we're doing what we're calling daily prayer at noon, where we just stop and pray for our community, for our world, for our leaders, for our medical professionals, for those who have lost jobs, for our business leaders trying to keep people employed, uh, for people who are sick, for those who are taking care of them. But we take the first seven or eight minutes of that, we go through the chapter of the day, and we just say, here's how I saw Jesus, here's why I want to worship him as a result of what I've seen. So we want to encourage you to get into the Word. You say, I want to have strong spiritual roots. You have to get into the Word, but not just to read it like a book. Read it to find 
Jesus because he is the answer to everything. He is the one who will heal your heart. He's the one that you have to find. Um, and Danielle, as, as we come out of this message, you know, our, our hope today is that you have learned to care for you so that you can care for others. Not in a selfish way, um, but in a responsible way. Care for you so that you can care for others. Uh, listen, ladies, at, at the very least ladies, but all of you should take the 15-minute kind of heart check today and evaluate your, your heart at takethejourney.cc backslash tools. Um, if you don't have 15 minutes today, it probably does not bode well for the next 15 days you have this month. You just got to find it. You got to find it. You got to take it. 15 minutes today. And then ladies, ladies, we would love for you moving out of this season to say, you know what? I never want to get emotionally, spiritually, mentally empty again. Sign up to be a part of that Bible study. And at 10 a.m. on Tuesdays, begin to learn how to patch the holes in your life, how to fill up spiritually, how to stay full so that you can pour into others out of the overflow. Danielle, as we wrap up today, what would be your closing thoughts before we pray? Give people a chance to connect to Jesus if you've never done that um, or give you permission to rest and lean into Jesus if you need to do that. Yeah, I just want to encourage you. You can only be um, a healthy caregiver, a healthy mother, a healthy father um, to others if you are first that to yourself. And so I think it's so important in my life, you know, I want to have enough content in my life so that I have something to offer someone else. So as we reflect back to Psalm 145, I want to have something to offer this yeah. next generation. The reasons, the stories, the testimonies in my life that I can pass on to them that will encourage them to also follow God in their life. And so we just want to provide you maybe today with permission and with tools and resources so that you feel equipped, so that you can be the mom, the dad, the husband, um, just the relative, the friend, that the best version of you that you can be so that you can share your life with someone else in a way that will be impactful to them, hopefully for eternity. Yeah. So folks, if you're listening today, you were created with a hole in, in the bucket of your soul that only Jesus can fill. And if you don't know Jesus, the first step to becoming healthy enough to have anything to offer anyone else is to offer your life to Jesus and to ask him to come fill that empty bucket in your life that only he can fill. And if you're a Christian today and you say, boy, that one has been filled, but it just seems like it leaks, take the steps today to learn how to examine yourself so that you can live out of the overflow and pour into others today. Would you pray with me wherever you are? Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? But keep your heart open. If you're here today, if you're listening and you don't know Jesus, you're feeling the reality that your soul was created with a hole in it and you've just never been able to feel full. You've never been able to feel fulfilled. You won't without Jesus. If you don't know him, you can today. All you have to do is answer his invitation to follow him, to be close to him, to have him in your life, to say yes. You can say yes to Jesus today. If you've never done that, right where you are, heads are bowed and eyes are closed, but hearts are open, right where you are, just pray this prayer, giving Jesus permission to join your life, responding to his call to follow him. Just right where you are, pray something like this. You don't have to pray it out loud from your heart to heaven. Pray something like this, Jesus, there's an empty place in my life without you. Today by faith, which means I don't understand it all, but I'm willing to trust it. I ask you to fill the hole in my soul 
that will make my life complete. Forgive me for my past, my sins, everything I've done that you would not have wanted me to do. Forgive me. Clean me up from the inside out. Give me a brand new start in life. Be with me today and tomorrow moving forward. Be my leader. Help me learn how to live life the way you've created me to live life. And one day when I leave this earth, give me eternity when I die. Jesus, today, fill my life. I commit to follow you as my leader. Help me to do that well. Thank you for loving me, for forgiving me, and for saving me. Heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. If you just prayed that prayer with me, in just a second, we're going to give you an opportunity to tell us so that we can today reach out and begin to converse with you about what questions you might have about your new life and help you begin to fill up with Jesus every day and His Spirit as you move forward. As we wrap up this prayer, I want to pray for the Christians who are watching this service who say, you know what, I need... I need to take a deep breath so that I can examine my heart. And I need to learn how to fill up so that my life and the legacy I leave is the overflow of what God has done in me. God, I pray for the Christians in our church, the men, the women, the moms, the grandmas, the dads, the grandpas, Lord, the single adults, Lord, the kids, the teenagers, the coaches, teachers, business leaders. God, I pray for everyone in our church that today, Lord, they might examine themselves, see where they need to fill up, and that they would go about living from overflow. That they would think about, find out what fills their bucket, and they fill it. And that they would strengthen those roots, that Imago Dei, the image of God in them that helps them connect to the God of heaven to be who you created them to be. That's our prayer. Help that happen through the time we spend reflecting on today. We love you. God, we ask all these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.